Don't miss Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, and Justin Thomas as the best golfers in the world take on the Island 17th Green and go head-to-head at the Players' Championship Thursday through Sunday on NBC, Golf Channel, and Peacock. Welcome into this very special edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lana. Rex, we are doing this in the outdoor kitchen. We're on the eve of the Players' Championship. What better opportunity than to come to my backyard, a place you did not come last year, despite myriad weather delays. Tried to drag you over to the house countless times. You kept saying no for some reason. But what better opportunity than right now? It's a beautiful day. I'm sweating profusely. This is... A visual medium, but we're also doing this wherever you meet your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, etc. What are your thoughts? Thanks for coming on. Uh, beautiful house, beautiful porch. We've talked a lot about this on the podcast. There's actually an unbelievably nice fan that you guys cannot see that we were forced to turn off. And quote, yeah. I'm using, for those of us not watching, quote unquote, bad for audio. So we're going to go ahead and go with it. Uh, no, beautiful this house. Is also like a seventh, this is like the seventh iteration of the mic. And I want to do it's presented by, let's just do Rex and Lab podcast presented by the Lab. Let's just go ahead and do That's that. That's fine. We provided all the meats. Did not expense this. Uh, NBC Universal, you're Good. welcome. Brentley Roman behind the camera. Appreciate him making the two-hour drive as well. My wife, Amy, saying nearby if we do need a refill on the beer. Rex, let's first start with the food. Right. I have thrown on the wings. We're on the gateway drum here. Needles up. We're rocking at about so 300 sad. degrees. Uh, flipping these in about five minutes' time. You'll be firing up the smash burgers over there on the Blackstone, and let's call it 15 minutes or so. Uh, so they're very excited about that, having some folks over. We're going to do some chicken uh, on the Yoder Smoker. We had a, a very secret meeting. We cannot divulge any sort of details about this, but it did uh, alter our plans to have ribs. Uh, it did. It's a shame. Yeah, which is a shame because I really wanted to do it. Actually, on the gateway is what I wanted to do. Because that is so That's much better than what I have. Dragged it, cleaned it, just for you. There's a lot of FOMO going on right here. Start with the Blackstone, but that one is the one that I have a problem with because I have the I have the baby version of that. Yes. Yeah, so if so that one, whatever whatever mine is, that's what it wants to be when it grows up. Oh, cute. So yes, there's a lot of FOMO going on. We did have a meeting, although the timing of this would probably coincide with the embargo. So we could probably Please. talk about that. Well, go ahead. Now, let's let's start at Bay Hill. And we, we had an emergency pod last week. We talked about the change. We talked about yeah, the so we're not going to get and deep that. into that. Yeah. And, and so the, the tour kind of filled us in on some gaps. Not a lot, though. I mean, let's be honest. I, I still think there's a lot of details that need to be worked out. But to start with Bay Hill, I was there. You watched it. I think it was one of those amazing point <laughs> I definitely, I definitely watched it, yeah. You watched it. <laughs> uh, it was one of those amazing finishes that I think we can expect from the designated. And we've talked about this a lot, that you're going to end up with situations where Jordan Spieth was doing Jordan Spieth things, Rory was certainly right there in the mix, and then Kirk Kettyama was. Terrell, Hat- Terrell Hatton was talking to himself and everyone else. How, how distracting is it to play with Terrell Hatton? Is it distracting? Guy, the guy entertaining. Like, yeah, I mean, the guy looks entertaining. like he's going to drown himself in the pond. And having just a, like a running dialogue. It's like Spieth on steroids. It's just like a constant running dialogue, except it's way more self-deprecating. And, and I would love to have him mic'd up. That's what I was about to say. So we're, we're kind of into this. Like an eight-second delay? Uh, yeah, it would have to be, because there's probably a lot of things you have to clean up on that one. But watching him, I counted at least two balls that got thrown in the water. There was probably more that I ended up missing. I was legit worried he was going to run out of balls. Like, does Mick just carry, like, a dozen balls? <laughs> Every time you just, put out? Just anticipating that he's going to lose. So not, not because of poor shot, it's just 
Frustration? Yes. However, again, I will I will counter saying that after Jordan Speed, because I think Jordan Speed mic'd up would be probably the most brilliant thing in all of golf. To be able to just listen to that sort of stream of consciousness, to listen to poor Michael getting just beat up constantly, one after the I mean one shot after the other. Just oh Michael! How did that happen? Oh, I can't believe that. Except Steve said he's, he's going to cut that down. He said he doesn't want to have to have a story after every single shot. Did it look like he was cutting that no. down on Sunday? No. On Sunday when he was firmly in the mix, top of the league with Roy McIlroy, with five holes to go, no. He was not cutting up the, the dialogue. But, but shortly after Jordan, I think Terrell would be the one I'd want to hear. Simply because you're right. There is no filter within I seem to think that Jordan probably will dial it back to a certain degree if you put a microphone on him just to clean it up, just to make sure that – the image stays the golden boy, and he, he doesn't end up on the wrong side of being canceled. I don't think Terrell can. I mean, he's just going to say whatever it is he's going to say. I remember, I believe it was Mark Canizero a few years ago with the New York Post who walked with him and actually kind of did a whole story on the interchange with the interaction between he and his caddy. And I think his caddy would probably be maybe more entertaining than what Terrell is because I think his caddy doesn't suffer fools. No, does not. My understanding is, is every time Terrell complains about something, it's like, well, then pop that. Then, then make the putt. Then hit the better shot. Like whatever it is, you're like, like, I don't, I don't think Greller ever pipes back. I think you yeah. know he's he's used. To, he was a I think a middle school teacher yeah. back in the day in the Pacific Northwest, which like, makes him unique and qualified. Exactly. He's just taking the abuse. <laughs> sometimes it's it's Jordan denigrating himself. Sometimes he's <laughs> denigrating uh, Michael Greller, and he just he just lets it roll off. I don't even, I don't even see him ever respond. Mick is the exact opposite. He gives it back to him, which I think just feeds Cheryl Hatton even more, and actually propels him to some pretty good blood. And, and look, I think some people will probably play the result card in all of this, and, and you know the recency bias and whatever it is you want to play into it and say, well, Kirk Katayama won for the first time on the PGA Tour. I would argue that's kind of the beauty of the system that we're in right now, that you can end up with a leaderboard that included Rory and Jordan and Terrell. And you're right, all of these great star players. Scotty was right there. Scotty yeah. was right there. All these great star players that we want to see Sunday. That's the whole point behind what the tour is trying to do. But you also have these opportunities. We saw it. In Scottsdale, right? I, I think it was uh, um, Nick Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, he was 228th or something in the world, going head to head with with Scotty Scheffler. And I just think that's the beauty of this system. That I'm not 100 sold on it. I don't want to completely drink the Kool Aid on this, but it does seem to be working at least four designated events in. I mean, it's indisputable that this thing is working. You think about Kapalua, Kyle Morikawa, two-time major champion by the age of, of 23. Uh, looks like he's going to run away with that tournament. John Rahm chases him down. You go to Phoenix, you had a very compelling duel with Scotty Scheffler and Nick Taylor, who, under this new format now in 2024, wouldn't have even been qualified for the designated events. That's something that's to keep in mind yeah. as well. Riviera, John Rahm doing John Rahm things, once again, waiting for the fifth time at nine starts, but against fan favorite Max Homa. That was a great battle in the back nine, one of the best courses in the PJ Tour in Riviera. And then you had Bale, which I actually think was the most entertaining Sunday of them all, six different leaders, some of the, the, the clearest headliners on all of the PJ Tour on a burnt-out, baked-out track as it always gets every single year at Bay Hill. I thought it was unbelievable drama. Put a fork in that, literally. You were getting so nervous. I saw you looking at your watch. I knew about these. You were getting so, so talking. You guys can't see this. It's nice cool color on these bad boys. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I'll go back to Thursday because I do want to touch on this before we move forward. Because John Rahm, after Thursday's opening round, seemed like he was about to put the world over his knee and break it down. It seems to me that, that John Rahm... Thank God I didn't tweet, because I was about to tweet, is it ever possible that John Rahm... You've never said that before. That's good growth by you, by the way. <laughs> great patience, great restraint. I'm trying. Folks, I'm trying. But 
when he opens that way, given what we all know about this is an amazing situation, he's going against the best players in, in the game, we have this designated event, and John Rahm is still going to run through the field. There was a thought that, oh my, like he's going to start doing, and we almost, like, this is being a prisoner of the moment, but it's the recency bias, and he's going to do Tiger like things. And then Friday happens. And whatever happened over those last couple of holes, Bay Hill happened, is what I would explain. 30 mile an hour gusts happened, is what I would explain. He dropped yeah, an F bomb. He never, never plays well in Florida. Yeah, I don't think he likes Bay Hill. Which because he doesn't play a lot. Uh, and there's something to be said for the grasses, and I think it goes both ways. I think Kevin Kisner has painted a really good picture about he doesn't like going to the West Coast because he likes Bermuda grass. I mean, there's something to be said for whatever it is you're comfortable for, but whatever happened over those last couple holes, and I would say combination of Bay Hill, 30 mile an hour gust, he doesn't like playing here, it, it absolutely got in his head. Like, I don't think there's any other way to spin it forward because he probably could have rebounded on the weekend. But I think he got in, into his feelings and wasn't able to recover. I mean, his scoring average, West Coast swing versus Florida swing, is like two shots on average. And that was even before you got to Bay Hill this week where he shot one over par uh, and finished T39. Go ahead and be in front of me. Worst finishes a lot. Like, this was clearly an aberration. What I don't think was necessarily an aberration, Rex, and I was actually talking about this with PJ Trumpler who lives in hashtag Nocatee, is that John Rahm now has a left miss. John Rahm has been indisputably the best driver of the golf ball over the past couple years. That has actually been one of his weaknesses this season on the PJ Tour. The reason why he's gone through this incredible hot streak is the fact that his iron play is as good as it's ever been, and his putting is rebounding. John Rahm, great putter. I'm getting into it. I'm going to put that on the record. That run the season has been a great putter. However, last week at Bay Hill, he was the worst player off the tee strokes game of anyone who made the cut. That's a big deal to me. Thursday, he was not. I bet if you look at it Thursday, he was probably in the top 10 at the very least. Which says something for the next three rounds that he was so bad that he was 72nd out of 72 players in the field in strokes gained off the team. What that tells me, Rex, is that he has the left miss in the repertoire. So why so why does he have it? John Rahm plays almost exclusively that left to right cut, right? Like he absolutely aims on the left side, pounds it. It's basically Dustin Johnson what we saw in 2020. It's comforting for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Is he now trying to work the ball right to left, which is what we're starting to see more often. If you look at the shot tra tracer, is he thinking ahead to Augusta National and a Masters and trying to make sure that he has that shot in the bag? If I'm him, I go with my bread and butter, which is just a power fade that runs forever. I don't like the fact that he's tinkering with these shot shapes. Like, this is Scott Frost's decade system to a tee. Like, play with what you, like, play with what you got and go full world. It's a really good question. I, I would be reluctant to say yes, that's what he's trying to do without actually hearing it from him. Because I would be we're surprised. Good, we're going to talk to him on two year point. You're trying out the black stuff. Uh, I would be reluctant to go down that avenue simply because we've seen what this happens. We've seen players do this in the past, right? We've seen players. Martin Kimer being the primary example where he felt like cut wasn't good enough, although it got him to number one in the world. He wanted to win at Augusta. He felt like he needed to move the ball right to left. We haven't heard from Mark Anderson. Like it's a very, very dangerous road to go down. So I, I would be reluctant to say that's what he's trying to do. I think this is probably, and this was so funny because I don't find Cam Young very funny. I don't think either one of us find Cam Young to be very, very serious golfer. Uh, very, very serious. He's a bit of a robot when it comes to what we see on the golf course. But on Thursday, he was asked specifically why he felt like number nine fail was statistically the hardest hole on the golf course, and his response was a very, very 
Matter of fact, and it's a 515-yard par four into the wind with four inches of rough. Like, you do the math. Yeah. It's not complicated. Like, I'm not drawing pictures here. Like, it's hard because that's the way they, they threw it up, and this is a hard golf course. I would, so to that point, I think John Rom struggles last week were nothing more than Bay Hill and 30-mile-an-hour gusts. Now, he did not play well on Sunday when it wasn't gusting to 30-mile-an-hour, which doesn't bode well for the Players' Championship. But, again, to your point, he probably doesn't, Really, he's probably never going to play his best golf in Florida. No, which is fine. Just like some players don't play their best on the West Coast swing. Roy McIlroy's number one on the West Coast swing. So John Rahm playing in Florida. I mean, he's, his record as best national is is perfectly fine. If he if he chalks it up to a loss, at, hey, never going to play well with the API. He does have a little bit of a spotty history at TC Sawgrass. Remember, in 2019 had the third round lead, blew up with a, a 77 uh, in the final round there, uh, and, and dropped outside the top 10, has a couple of finishes, T12 or so. So I'm very curious to see how he plays, whether he sticks with what he knows, whether he puts a little bit better. I think it'll be a good litmus test for John Rahm. I'm not like I'm not pushing the panic button. I want to be very very clear about this with John Rahm. He's still going to be, if not the favorite for Augusta National. He's never won in the world of the top two. Yes. And again, I think through 18 holes last week, they have, you and I both probably thinking the same thing. That, oh my, this could get this close to tweet. This close. Didn't do it. Look at their restraint. Such, such growth. So, so mature. It's so good. Uh, but it's a good transition to the Players' Championship. Wait, we didn't even talk about Kirk Katiyama. Uh, I won the golf tournament. We mentioned him. Went on for July. I mean, like... If you were writing that game story on Sunday at Bay Hill... Thankfully, Brentley handled it for us. 3,000 words. Make sure you guys check it out. 3,000 words. I, roughly. I, don't, I just watched scrolling. Not going to lie. Didn't get all the way through to it. I, I do think it is interesting, though. So, Who would write 3,000 words about Kirk Katiyama? Anyone? 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 Nope. This is what I'm trying to uh, imagine. Again, visual medium. He's behind the camera. I do think it is interesting, Rex. So, so a couple things. Not just about the final round, which I thought was extraordinary. For a guy to hit two balls out of bounds on the weekend, including a triple bogey on the ninth hole in the final round, go on to win uh, against that leaderboard, uh, shows a lot of intestinal fortitude, a lot of resolve, um, a lot of patience, a lot of perspective. Kudos to Tim Tucker. Uh, who's just caddying on, on the back of the past month uh, to kind of reel him in there. Uh, the birdie putt on uh, the 71st hole, no one was birdieing 70. No one had made a putt for about 90 minutes at least. No one was going anywhere near the flag. Ass. That flag on the right side is impossible. But for him to make that putt under those conditions, uh, hats off to Kurt Kitayama. He's now inside the top 20 in the world. I think more interestingly, he's only up to number six on the U.S. Ryder Cup standings, not just by virtue of the API win, Three runners up last season to John Rahm, Xander Schauffele, and Roy McIlroy. This is a guy who, at age 30, even though he just stands five foot seven, the quadzilla is starting to come into his own. I think it was interesting, and I don't know. I, I wish I would have remembered that. Um, yes, you tell me what I should do with the black smoke. Because I don't have one because my wife doesn't love me. No, but you do have about a, a, what eight eight TVs now. That's right. Yeah. Because that's what she buys. She buys TVs instead of something like that. Uh, I did think it was interesting yesterday, and so I, I wish I remember who tweeted this, but they tweeted all the tours that Kurt had played in his career. Yeah. And it's all the way... Jamie, Jamie Kennedy. Great follow Thank you very much. Uh, and it's all... It's everything from the Web.com tour back in the day all the way through the PGA tour. And it was, the PGA tour is, is 11. There were, was 11 there were Asian tours. tours on there that I had never heard of. Yeah. And I'd like to think Asian that. developmental tours. Never heard of Didn't even know that was a thing. So you get an idea of... And this goes back to Eric Cole two weeks ago at the Honda Classic. I, I think there's going to be opportunities, and that's the concern with the schedule going forward is that are we, are we closing the shop off too much? Are we taking, 
taking away. Now, he was going to, Kirk Kidion was top 50 player in the world. He was going to get these tournaments everywhere. Eric Cole's a little bit different. It, it is a little bit different, but it, it shows that the meritocracy, at least for now, is still there. And yeah. I think that is an important part of this. Yeah, like when you look at 2024, you're going to have a top 50 players uh, on the PGA Tour from the following, from the previous season. You're going to have top 10 on the current point. So it's not It's just chill. I'm in, I'm in charge here. Uh, and then you're going to have like a little swing. A two or three tournament swing of non-designated tournaments. Where if you play well, you can get it. I think of uh, like an Akshay Batia, who, who finished second in Puerto Rico to Nico Javaria, uh, and now has special temporary membership of the PG Tour. Gets some great projects. Nailed it. Yeah. Back to back. Absolutely nailed those pronunciations. So a player like that. So he, he plays well in Puerto Rico. Is he then able to parlay that into more opportunities and change the trajectory of the of the career? PG Tour is trying to. Reward the top players, obviously, but they're also trying to make sure that there is an avenue for the hot players. I think that might be even more important. And I don't want to bog us down. We did the emergency podcast last week talking about the changes to the PGA Tour schedule going next year. Before you and I sat down, I kind of showed you some chicken scratch on a piece of paper of what, the, of what the 2024 schedule could look like. Could look like, and your response was probably the same as my response, that we could end up with a situation where this is dramatically different if they want to come up with the flow that they're talking about, where you have two or three designated events, bracketed around two or three non-designated events. Because right sounds, now, sounds great in theory. Sounds great in theory. Right now, you don't have that. And one thing they want to do away with is sort of those singular events, which is the Honda Classic. Classic. Exactly. We're talking to you, Honda Classic. You, they don't want... Valspar's another one. Yeah. Two, Valspar. Like you're just destroying those Valspar. events. So it's going to be hard for them to do. Yeah, can I spin it forward now to the Players' Championship? We can do that. Do we touch on? Right, first, first you want to do the burgers? Yes, please. All right, we're rocking about 350... Uh, on the burgers here, using my Theragun. Yes, that is not a Theragun, by the way. Theragun is what I use on my legs. Oh, it works. Yeah, it is. We also have one of those if you, if you really want. All right, all of them down at one time. Uh oh, we're not gonna put. We're not gonna put the. See, I asked bunk, you. Bunk me. This is no, this I is exactly. You. This is exactly what we can't have. Nice things. Now I asked first, you specifically. We're first, we're throwing well. down some oil. We are spreading said oil. We're going to roll on this. Yeah. Right, now, now we're going to throw them down. Mm-hmm. One. Two. You need the spacing right. Leading room, of course, with a smash. You did six at a time, right? Uh, I would. I would not overcrowd them. We forgot to do the onions. That's quite a right. Nope. We're going to give that a smash. We get too close. I do my best. That is right. Oh, oh no. no! That is a party foul. I'm glad it happened to you and not me. What's going on here? Yeah, thank you. Uh, goodies. There we go. See, you got a rush. I think you've got a little warm in the sun. We're okay. Okay, so now you will season those bad boys. Got you, got you. And seasoning is. Killer hogs, AP, salt, pepper, garlic. Oh, that's going to add everyone. Dog is extremely excited. And now we will just rock it for three minutes. And then we'll play. Okay. Players this championship is week. It, this, and I was making the transition based on what's going on with John Rom. Yep. To your point that maybe he just doesn't play his best off in Florida. Maybe Bermuda Grass is his thing. We have a scenario this week where you have two players that could overtake world number one again. Puts golf into a pretty good position, yeah? Uh, I mean, it is. 
I, I actually think, Rex, is is the Players' Championship now a victim of this designated event series? Because it wasn't too long ago, just, just last year, a victim, that the Players' Championship would be the first time that season that all the top players would be congregating for the very first time. Everyone's excited. It's the best players in the PGA Tour. We get to see him on what I think is a very tricky, uh, entertaining golf course, particularly that back nine. That's no longer going to be the case. This is the fifth time that the best players in the PGA Tour have gotten together. I think just it's it's not quite as grand. At least it doesn't feel like that. It almost just feels like a continuation as, a, as opposed to kind of a climax. Well, I can see your point that we've had these designated events. And would not do that. It's going to get very hot in hand. Yes. No, that isn't bad at all. I, I see what you're saying. We've had these great events. Well, check on the camera. Well, we have one over here, too. So we're doing it both ways. Where we have, we've had these great events, and the, the top players have gotten together, and they've performed. I think you're absolutely right. I guess what I would counter with is it's still the fifth major. Like, I don't know if you buy into that. It, it's up to you. Uh, I'm, never, I'm never going to try to make this argument that it is the fifth major. It's a really good tournament, though. And I don't think if you look at the list of winners here, you look at the way the golf course has produced, all of those things factor into the idea that whether you want to consider it the major or whatever the case may be, it's still going to end up being a pretty good event, and the winner's going to walk away with a ton of money. $25 million purse every other designated event. I did that 15. I did. Now, don't you worry about it. you got about two minutes until we'll be flipping those. Yeah, look, it's obviously a great tournament. It's, it's not the strongest and deepest field in golf any longer. 31 players who played last year's Players' Championship are now uh, have sided with Live Golf. I, I think that's a different kind of turn. That <laughs> is. Uh, that's oh, look. I think I, I, I think you just have to understand that TPC Sawgrass is not always going to produce the best winner. It's going to produce the player who plays the best that week. You look at the top 10 players in the world, Rex. Just Roy McIlroy and Justin Thomas have wins. That teaches Sawgrass. Zanishoff play has a T2. That's the only time that he has finished inside a top 50 in this tournament. Everyone else is incredibly spotty at best. If not, just having a downright bad record at this golf course. Is that is that players not yielding to the golf course, or is that the golf course kind of not favoring? Anyway, that's what, that's what we always hear, isn't it? Stadium course does not favor any player on the PGA Tour. It's a weird golf course. I think the transition from May back to March will almost mitigate some of that. Because I feel like it may end up with the idea that you could have two sides of the draw. That a player could end up in the afternoon with the crazy wind. It's and so much better in March. Uh, I, I, I disagree with you. I, I thought it played... Oh, I enjoyed it more in May. Well, I don't enjoy it at all. But I thought it played better in I actually like playing it during, during the media day. Just like a humble brag. I actually like playing it in February as opposed to playing in April. Not humble. Just like, you, just like your porch. It's not even just straight up. It's, straight up it's not even... But I would argue that you ended up with sort of those lopsided finishes more in May. Because it was, it was hard and bouncing and hot. They can web sits and... You can end up with some crazy windy days yeah. in the afternoon. Whereas I think what we're going to get this week, the entire field last year. Is going <laughs> last year got a little wacky. I think they're doing an entire segment on Live From on Monday based on the weather from last year. Uh, go, ahead, go ahead and put those burkers. That's got burkers right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I couldn't do that. But I, I think we're going to not end up... Oh, yeah, look at that spider just cooking its own juices. Love to see it. This one. It's going to be tough because you made a mess of it. Uh, I'm not the one who formed the patties. You're fine. You're fine. You can give a little extra smash if you like. If the bunkmate is watching this, this is a Blackstone. This is what I thought you got me for Christmas, but you in fact did not, so. 
Thanks for nothing. If you go there. Buns are not sure where the buns are, but we do get buns. Come on here, we do that. We'll put some cheese down. These are looking uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, cheese, all right? Oh yeah, buns. Little anyone. Sorry. Not helpful in the least. Get out of my kitchen. My kids from daycare should be arriving. Just like the moment here. So if it's not John Ron this week, who would you angle towards? I'm not going to tell you to pick a winner because that's stupid. Uh, and we're doing mini pods this right. week, and so we will circle back on this. I like. I know he didn't play particularly well at Bay Hill. I still like a Will Zalatoris type, one of the best iron players on the PGA Tour. Uh, he typically putts better and is a better around the greens um, in big tournaments with faster greens than he is uh, for your run-of-the-mill PGA Tour event. He's been a little bit of a slow starter since coming back from that back injury. Uh, did finish fourth at Riviera, but I do like Will Zalatoris. I also like, like a Victor Hovland. He's in the mix uh, throughout the entire 72 hole tournament at Bay Hill. Look, short game is still a concern, but the fact that you don't have some of those runoffs and really dicey pitches like you saw at Bay Hill, it's basically just going to be thick, juicy rub around the greens. That mitigates some of his short game deficiencies. I love the Will Zalatoris pick. I think he could probably have a special week. The other one that I was thinking of, and again, he's coming off a good week at Bay Hill, but it like he's training in the right direction. His hair is in. Hmm? He's played well at TBC Sawgrass in the past. Bogey free on the weekend at Bay Hill. Hard to do. Not that's, easy. that's extraordinary golf. And we talk about the horses, horses thing. Dude grew up in this town. Like he knows how to play the grass greens. I think he got to be a good one. Rory, yes, no. Are, are you disappointed with how he finished? Does Bay Hill <laughs> Sunday? No. I yes. think I think Roy Mackwood is disappointed with how he finished. He was tied for the lead Rex going to the 14th hole. How does how do you not know? Where you stand in the tournament at a PGA Tour event, even if the player doesn't know, the player might say, "I don't want to look at leaderboards, whatever." How does the caddy not know? Because Roy McIlroy stepped him on the 14th. You could even see it. The camera was behind. Oh, I'm sure him. Harry knew. The camera was behind him. He was aiming far right. You don't think Harry was on the left? If if he knew, he he did not tell Roy because Roy said, "I did not know where I stood." He, I thought I was one or two back at that point. But you could see what he was doing. He was trying to play a big high draw. Yeah. Overcooked it, bunker absolutely dead, made bogey to drop out of the lead. That was a shocking admission for a player of Roy's experience and Roy's caliber to not know where you stand. I know you have a famous song that you've been that you've been working on. Your, it's not mine. Podcast. No, 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 I'm not going to steal no. it because I, I like to give credit. So it's Lucas Glover's line. But before I get to that, the idea that Harry didn't know, I don't know if I agree with that. Harry's a really good caddy. Rory said, I, I guess not know where I stood. I'm not even doubting that. I'm sure that Rory is being honest in this particular situation. So if Rory says, hey, Harry, I'm thinking about hitting a 30-yard draw. In a 14. But you don't know what their relationship is. Like, I, I think when you talk about players and their relationship with different caddies, some guys want to know. Some guys want to know every single hole, where am I? Like, who's in the lead? How far back am I? Maybe Rory just doesn't want to know until he gets to 16, 17, 18. Because, to get to my line, it's the Lucas Glover's line. But you don't coach a football, you don't coach a football game in the fourth quarter without knowing the score. You need to know what the score is. So I'm always a little flummoxed. With the idea that oh I don't I don't want to know why why wouldn't you want to know like, I don't know either you're going to be aggressive here or you're not going to be aggressive here it's going to impact the way you play yeah like I don't think it does you any good to start scanning leaderboards in the third hole like let things play out when you get to the final hour of the golf tournament there's a massive I would say when you, you walk up fourteen going to fifteen yeah like once you make the turn yeah, out of Augusta or, or can I shoot three nine and kind of coast it yeah like once you make the turn on Sunday at Augusta don't you want to know 
Okay, well, I'm 10 back, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to... But, like, no one's birdieing 14. And so, obviously, the safe shot is to hit it 30 feet right of that pin, take a two-putt, move on to 15, try and escape there with the par, and go to 16 where you can potentially make a three. Uh, we can go ahead and pull those off. The burgers and the buns? Yep. So I use that trade there. And so, so Rory, admitting that when he walked off on 14, he thought he was one or two back and was surprised to learn that he was tied for the lead. To me, was... To me, it was stunning. It was just a, a huge miscue. Uh, I'm surprised that, that Rory did that. I, I don't want to put it on the caddy because I've seen it in too many situations where. No, that's. I mean, that's that's all on Rory. Uh, is it? Yeah. I don't even know if it is. I mean, maybe Rory just doesn't want to know. That's the way we're going to bring it straight up. We got to move that out of the way. Nope. Oh, we're going to shove this down here and keep pulling. Oh, yeah, look at that. Here. Oh, it's a little trash paint. Design. Eh, it is a little trash paint. I'm going to argue, again, that if only my wife loved me as much as your wife loves you. Or she didn't. I, I bought this and then built it in. What is your favorite girl to use back? Um, well, they're, they're all different purposes. If I'm trying to impress someone uh, with good food, I would use the gateway. That's why we want to use we want to do it for the ribs. There's something about... Cooking over a live fire, fat dripping down. We can go ahead and check on these two wrecks. So for our friends that are over today, you care about them enough that you use the good grill? Yes. We're going to check on these. I don't think they're quite done yet. 175. Everyone, look. Chicken is done at 165. Yeah. Don't be afraid to push those chicken wings to about 190. You want that yeah. getting close to falling off with all these are all tempting. Quite nicely, actually. Food safety, right? Very safety. important. This is the man who put those down without washing his hands, which is more than a little disgusting. Look, it was just it was, that was just for B-roll. So now Rex to Charlie's up at the end. We're gonna get this thing absolutely ripping hot. So the beauty of smoking on a drum cooker like this one is the fat will drip off the meat on the coals. And then re-season and re-flavor the meat, uh, the pellet smoker that you are standing next to is also, I call it like a weekday grill, and that it's easy to fire up, no hassle, no mess, and things are good. I mean, those look fantastic. They just, oops, nothing better than a smash burger. Uh, to get back on topic, Commissioner Jay Monahan is going to speak to the media this week. What's the one question you want to ask? I'm still a little confused, Rex. A little? And we had a teleconference with the tour. If you look at the memo that Commissioner Jay Monahan sent out last week announcing the change for designated series events in 2024, he said that there will not be cuts for these designated terms. We said the players, no cuts, guaranteed pay, guaranteed FedEx cut points, whatever the case may be. Roy McIlroy. In a press conference, however, said it's still TBD and, quote, nothing has been determined yet. I would still love to see a small cut for Oklahoma Legacy Tournaments. Tiger Woods is the host of Genesis. Arnold Palmer, obviously, uh, posthumously. Is that how you pronounce it? No. Uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational. And Jack Nicholas's Memorial Tournament. Those I would love to see a small cut. You can still have 70 or 80-man females and cut down to 50, 60 players. You can do whatever you want when you have a field 
of that size. Something to me is lost when you don't have, if just, a, if just a small cut, just to add some urgency, just to add some finality, just so you don't have players on a weekend going to the motions. I will, I, I would agree with you. So, so the question is, is it a done deal? Or was Rory speaking out of line saying it's still to, to be determined? I feel like it's a done deal. I mean, we've asked Which us. is a shame. We've kind of asked the point blank question. I've heard the same thing. And look, you can have your 70, 78, 80 main fields. And time on those burgers, by the way? Uh, I am not. Uh, you can have your 70, 78 main field. I'm fine with that. Like, I, I, I'm not the one that got upset about that last week when I heard it because for two decades, the PGA Tour has had limited field oh, sure. events. I think what you, the problem you're going to end up with, most players would argue, is cut the top 50. 55, 60, whatever the case may be. The Masters is the best tournament in the world. They take a smallish field and cut to the low 15. I heard you say that earlier. I like that idea. And, and look, I, I think we can sit here and debate Copy it. the Masters. Exactly. Whatever it is they do, you should probably copy that formula. It doesn't seem to me they're aiming in that direction. I guess I'll go back to the idea that my bigger issue is how are they going to allocate the FedEx Cup points? And I think you and I talked about this earlier. Right here is going to be an issue. So, yes. I mean, it doesn't sound like they have the number. So, what, what's, your, yes. so what's your question of mine? But you're going to have it. Well, I would, I would go to 30,000 feet and ask him, do you feel like that these changes put you in a position that you can compete with whoever? Like, take Live Golf out of this. Do you feel like these make you a better product? And I think he, I, well, he would point to the five, or excuse me, four designated events we've had so far and say, this is a resounding success. This is a smash hit. This is a home run, whatever you say you want to use. Well, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I guess my, my only counter would be there is a scenario where you're, you are going to end up with overkill. I mean, you asked on this podcast, is the player's championship getting watered down? Because look at you, we're breaking into highs. I think we're fine. We got the highs sign from wrapping behind the camera. He'll give me the two-minute sign. I'm talking about flipping the burgers. Okay, I know, I know what you were talking about. <laughs> is there a concern that you're watering down the product? I flipped into a, I don't like this. It didn't stick. If no, it, it sweeps off, I want them caramelized. I want them darker on the edges. Brentley, I wish you could move the camera to get these wings, because these things are extraordinary. This thing is ripping hot, which is exactly what you want to get that finish on shore. Right. As you pointed out, we're doing a podcast every night. Yep. In between your live from duties, uh, new role for 2023, you can catch Rex Hogger on with Todd Lewis during the nightly live from. You and I will be doing our usual song and dance during the. Uh, Morning. It's a much different vibe. Yes. I have to be honest with you. Definitely. It's a much different vibe. A little more butt, a little more buttoned up. You got about ninety seconds to make your point. They'll give us about six or seven minutes. I talk faster than that, which is fantastic. Looking forward to that. Make sure you check out all of our stuff on GolfChannel.com. We'll be doing mini pods each of the tournament rounds, 15, 20 minutes. At least we're gonna try. We're gonna try to keep it in that range, uh, recapping all the action. This was fun. Twenty twenty-five. Should we do this, Rex? Should we do this another time? Absolutely. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. We're gonna take okay. it home. As well, thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Laugh. We'll talk to you, I don't know, like Thursday when we do a mini pod. <laughs>